Star Trek. Comic books. Mythology. Video games. Toys. Star Wars. Just about any geeky topic you can think of could be covered on the Hammer Podcast, presented by two true freaks. Come join me, Gene Hendricks, for whatever my disjointed mental processes can come up with, and be careful, or you might just learn something before we're done. The Hammer Podcast is available monthly, both on its own iTunes feed and at twotruefreaks.com. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Let's get this show on the road, gang. These freaks are dedicated, hard-working people. I'm Batman. Whosoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power of thought. This looks like a job for Superman. Let's roll! Gentlemen, you're up. <laughs> so let's get down to business. All right. What did I do this time? Nothing. I just figured that'd be a thing <laughs> to start things off. <laughs> How you doing, Mike? Uh, I'm doing okay. Long time no talk to. I know. Over eight tonight. Went out with my yeah. dad to Red Lobster. Oh, you <laughs> fucker. He decided, hey, you want to share the, like, I had, I, had, I, I had eaten enough of my food and I had plenty to take home. He's like, hey, I got an extra... Parmesan shrimp scampi. You want some? Now you have garlic and Parmesan, so how can I say no? <laughs> and now I feel like I'm going to pop. So <clears throat> Serves you right, you bastard. Yeah, well, because I didn't invite you? It's an eight-hour drive, Scott. <laughs> but it's that. Red Lobster! <laughs> <laughs> the seafood lover in you. Remember when Red Lobster used to be fancy eaten? I still consider it to be fancy eaten. I don't know enough of Red Lobsters around here. It's yeah. or sounds like in Noonan. <laughs> we don't go often, but I hadn't seen my dad in about a month, so... We waited forever and a day for the Red Robin to open here. 
because they, they finally built one in Sanford. Waited forever, watched it being built, salivating the entire time. The thing opens up, and the one sandwich, the one sandwich that I like from Red Robin, this one doesn't serve it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So that we went sucks, there, and I, I was you telling me about that. I was crushed. So we went, and and we. I mean, what was funny was that overall, um, except for my wife, none of us liked it. The kids didn't like it. I didn't like it. We were disappointed. The theming wasn't near as good as the one in Noonan. The food wasn't as good. They didn't have my damn sandwich. I was pissed. We haven't been back since. <laughs> and I also burned it to the ground. Yeah, and then I went and set it on fire. God damn it! Walked away like Angela Bassett. Red Robin. Our, our Red Robin when it opened up at first, and that was the last time I went to it. Because I tried to order my burger medium rare, and they said, well, we don't do medium rare here. That's the government getting in your way. I just wanted to sound paranoid. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I'm in a, I work at a place we do medium rare. Yeah, but some places are getting like really antsy about getting sued. Yeah. So. Yeah, just... that's true. But still, it's just like, but I want to taste my burger. That's why I was great with one of my great experiences during Star Wars. Was it Star Wars weekend? Yeah, it must have been Star Wars weekend. Is when I went to Fuddruckers with Sean Engel. Red f- oh, and I'm just like, can I get this uh, medium rare? And they're like, why, of course you can. And I'm like, can I get it rare? And they go, why, yes. And I'm like, oh, I love you people. <laughs> yeah, they closed the Fuddruckers in my area. It's How now a Star Wars. F- go out of business. How does that happen? I don't know. I loved it. Uh, I always figured that Marvel really needed to hook up with them because they said they were the world's greatest hamburger. So I figured <laughs> the Fantastic Four should be their mascots. There you go. With the world's greatest comics magazine. And dude, would you love to go to a place that's like Fantastic Four decked out? And, like get the Thing Burger or, you know, Human Torch Fries. Well, you li- <laughs> well, you probably work thing at a burger. place that does that, so... Thing burger sounds sketchy. <laughs> Want to bite my thing burger? <laughs> thing burger, do your thing. The, 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 <laughs> to the, my uh, gastrointestinal system. The Reed Richards one is all made out of like ligament and stuff, so it's all stretchy and like rubbery. <laughs> That's disgusting, dude. It's better than the Sioux Storm one, which is a ripoff, which is just an empty plate. <laughs> she <laughs> ate it. No, she didn't. She ate it. I'm trying to find. Hang on here. Hang on. Just getting my massive pile of comics. Skype is trying to make is trying to convince me to make this a video call. I don't think we need that right now. I haven't done a video call in I don't know how long. It just seems pointless. It's funny. That's what everybody thought the future would be, and now that we've got the technology to do it, nobody wants to do it. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think I, I think it's really popular in business. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Here you go, Mike. <laughs> every time scott sends me an image no 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 it's that safe. i'm gonna get arrested no it's safe and, and, and dude you can you can take that <laughs> contest that you have with bill and paul about the weirdest avatar for skype and you can like <laughs> leave it with them Why is this... what is it at the moment i don't even know what, what is mine at it's the that moment. your chris yours is the beatles meet star trek okay. in yellow summer okay so that's kind of neat 
And then Scott's is that dude from Ancient Aliens. <laughs> yes, yes, I see Scott's. I'm well aware of what Scott's is. Yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. About that. <laughs> that was that was a result of one last we were taught. We it, I think it was when we were supposed to record with Uncle Randy and he, and uh, and he had to back out and we were just like, hey, let's talk to Paul and Bill for a while. It's That's great right. for that. <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong, is what I'm saying. All right, let's see what you sent me. <laughs> oh, that's neat. That's I like a fantastic that. for a restaurant. Is that uh, is that that '90s artist that did it like right after Heroes Reborn? I think so. Yeah, I can't remember what his name was. Salvatore Larocca or something. Something like that. Like that. Yeah, that sounds right. Because it certainly has a '90s flair to it. All right, Mike, is that picture better? <laughs> Jesus Actually, all things being equal, yes. Yes, it is. It's much easier on the eyes, that's for sure. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather look at Hitler on a magic sleigh. Riding a rainbow. Riding a rainbow. Because then it looks like he went, you know, like he went good. Like, you know, <laughs> like in the afterlife, he and Anne Frank are like best friends and stuff like that. Yeah, they hung him over. They, 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 uh, they hung him over a fire for forty or fifty years, and something tells me I'm yeah. into something good. Wasn't it little Nicky that like wanted once a day Hitler shows up and they stick a pineapple up his ass? <laughs> what in the movie Little Nicky? I don't. Oh, okay. do, I, I don't do the. Adam Sandler movie? Sandler, yeah. Neither do I. The only ones I've seen are the ones that have Drew Barrymore in them. Oh, you do do the Drew Barrymore. That's <laughs> Why a... not, dude? She's like a year older than me. <laughs> that's like some. That's like something I'm allowed to like see her as a teenager and not feel like a scumbag yeah, for thinking not, she's yeah. <laughs> So I do an age check. How old was I when they were young? <laughs> <laughs> so, that's pretty cool, though, Scott. I'm waiting for the Ant-Man people to come into my store. The Ant-Man people? Hey, they're filming right down the road. Oh, really? Yeah, they're filming at, uh, uh, what is that called? Pinewood, Atlanta. Hmm. If you drive down, you remember how to get to my, you remember that my house is like off of a highway, right? Right. Okay, if you go out from le after leaving my house and turn right, and you go about two traffic lights, you're going to see a sign that says Pinewood Studios that way. You drive about 10 minutes that way, out right. in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> if I had the job that allowed me to do it, I'd be like doing extra duty all the time. Because they are starved for that around here. Hollywood put $5.1 billion into the Georgia economy last year. Damn. And it's only going to get bigger because Pinewood got a lot of tax breaks. So they're, they're here to stay. We, uh, I came into work one day. I just gave and, I just gave a teenager advice to move to Georgia, to and to get into the movie business. They're they're yeah they're in, they want to do makeup and they've been studying special effects makeup and I said what you want to do is get a job go down get a job five bucks an hour working on Walking Dead because they probably mm -hmm. need plenty of people putting appliances on and just slap appliances on zombies down in Georgia for a couple <laughs> of years. Well, speaking of Walking Dead, I walked into work one day, and I'd been off for like three days, and there were a bunch of ammo boxes, like, stacked up in the copy center, and I'm like, what's that? Oh, the Walking Dead people came by. These are going to be props in the in one of the things they're filming. I'm like, that's interesting. 
I really need to steal one of these and put it up on eBay. What you need like, to do is paint two true freaks.com on the side of one of them. That's what you need to do. <laughs> that, would be, that would be so funny if Just it got TTF would be fine because that, that would, would be awesome. That. Yep. It's a little that stencil would be just going there. <laughs> you guys don't pay me. I was, I, was just, <laughs> I was just telling Scott McGregor about, uh, about the, the two true freaks reference in uh, Toy Story 2 comic. I mean, seriously, all the local universities now are starting filmmaking uh, studies. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's getting kind of real down here. So I've got to decide what I want to do with the rest of my life. Because apparently being an podcast. Ex- the what? You want a podcast. Well, yeah, but that doesn't pay. <laughs> uh, whatever. <sighs> I'm tired today for some reason. I'll be I'll be energetic on the show, I promise. I hope I somebody just, is, because it ain't going to be me. I'm I just tired. Did, I just did like 40 lines of crank, so I'm... I'm uh... There you go. That should make you coherent, too. <laughs> How's everyone doing? I'm doing really great! <laughs> Fine! <laughs> Mike, what are you doing? I'm painting my room! I'm perfectly normal! Uh, well, I got a, I got a good... Um, I think I had a fun get Chris this month, and I have a good... Uh, I have a good amount of, uh, for once, new comics or new to me comics. What was our top five again? I was working on it and then I you picked it and it it kicked my ass, man. So I'm actually I'm going to do it. It was the hardest part of the show. (laughs) Because I I, I, guess it involves Disney. No, no, not at all. No, I had to I had to do it in such a way as it it actually it fit the criteria, but. I'll, I'll I'll explain when we get to it. Okay. Well, hopefully it works. Well, I got plenty to talk about, and I can actually be one of the guys on the show that says, "Hey, someone sent me free shit." So yeah, Ooh, nice. Me too. I got lots. I got lots of free shit. Oh, you guys suck. Now I don't want to be here. I don't want to talk about it. Like the last time we recorded <laughs> one of these, you guys were like, "Yeah, fifteen people sent me like a thousand comics." What about you, Mike? <laughs> I bought some stuff on eBay. I got both. <laughs> I got this a time. rock. all right well i'm ready when you guys are ready i am ready when you are i am good to go and ready to launch all right all right you want me to bring it in bring it in hello and welcome to comics monthly monday number i don't have any idea because (laughs) i am not prepared i am chris (laughs) and you hear that chuckle there that's scott gardner hey wow and we have michael bailey Yes, we do. Hey. Hey, Mike. And I, I swear to God, even though we don't know the number of the show, <laughs> it'll be in the title of the show, so there you go. Um, we do actually have an actual show prepared. Yes. It's not one of the fake ones we've been trying to do. Like no. <laughs> nope. We're, we're not pulling this one completely out of our buttholes. Speak for yourself. Completely. I, <laughs> I think we got all our segments intact. Mm-hmm. That's what she said, and everything. <laughs> God, I hope so. I sure paid enough in co-pays. <laughs> so, how you guys been? Fine, sir. <laughs> I've been enjoying the time off with all your theme months. <laughs> Sorry about that, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, when are we going to record? No, serious. Oh, yeah, Mike, we forgot to tell you. We're going to do Battlestar Galactica 1980 month. <laughs> all the shows are going to be about Galactica oh, 1980. We should do that. <laughs> We should get all of everybody else to do it. 
<laughs> I like that idea even better. <laughs> when is the next assistant editor's month? Because I'm serious. I could use some time off. I think we're going to call this the Resting on Our Laurels Network now. <laughs> <laughs> That's our intern, Laurel. We make her do all the stuff here. One day when we have the yeah. we have the Chris Honeywell, Scott Gardner, and Michael Bailey like apps that people have for their <laughs> i you know their iPad or whatever you know we won't even have to do the show we'll just have an intern typing into the into the iPad and and us talking they they probably wouldn't even have to type the dialogue in just the topic and the mood <laughs> Scott Gardner pissed. No, we just have to record. No, we just have to record key segments, like like key phrases that we say all the time, and then you can have like the Chris, Mike, and Scott soundboard. Yeah, where you can create Mine an entire like, episode. Uh, uh, you guys uh, haven't been listening to Back to the Bins enough because I tell you they they've already started over there. I I, I practically feel redundant when I show up now because. <laughs> Yep they they got they got the little soundbite already the one that says uh, hey how's it going and, <laughs> yeah like you say all they need now is one that either sounds really happy like hey I really like this book or that book sucked and that's it I don't even have to show up anymore I'm not well, sure how I feel about that but that, hey how's it going is great because it just it does it it it, it will fool anybody anytime and it really it should be your <laughs> answering machine message or you know <laughs> on your phone. It's just become a trademark somehow or other. I, I didn't intend it that way, but it just kind of happened. It's the it's it's your consistency with with um with your hey how's it going? You can just you're like a minor bird. You could just sort of spit. <laughs> so you never know if it's real or it was just like um. You don't fool me, you stupid minor bird. I'm not deaf yet. It was it was uh, brains. Right. The, yeah, you see, now if I w- when I go dig up the original brains, I can put it in there. Nobody will know which one is the one I dropped it. And <laughs> right, exactly. Said. Or if I just yep. drop that one in, it could be a whole mystery. How many Human times have you guys board. ever brought in one show with the name of another? A couple of times. A couple of times. It usually comes down to, hey, welcome to what the hell show are yep. we doing? Yeah. Star Trek no. and Star Wars, that happens uh, to yeah. me uh, quite a bit. Where I'll be like, welcome to Star Trek Mon- Monthly Monday, number blah, blah, blah. And I'll start going on the spiel. And then Scott will go, yeah, but that's it's too bad it's Star Wars Month. Right. <laughs> and I'll, okay, start over again. Start again. <laughs> How are you I'm doing, Scott? Sh- I'd be doing great if we were talking about Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> this would be a great show, except I prepped a Star Trek show. Sorry to tell you. Oh, the perils of being a veteran podcaster. And it's, it's kind of sad that we can call ourselves veterans after only like seven years. Mm-hmm. That's because everybody you... else is dead. <laughs> it ages you. It's like being the president of the United States. They say it ages you 20 years for every term. And it's probably, what, 20 years for every year podcasting? I mean, we're looks yeah. like grizzled old men now. <laughs> I was 14 when this show started. <laughs> the hell happened? Now I'm a hundred. I have the body of an 140 year old man, <laughs> wasted and shriveled in our little podcasting chairs. Life support hooked up to us. Yeah, but they're, they're those cool like 90s era Professor Xavier chairs. Mm-hmm. So they kind of float around. It's kind of cool. oh, the floaty chair. Yes. <laughs> I hope I, I I hope we have like podcast microphone equipped hover rounds and stuff when. <laughs> <laughs> just 
tooling around the mall I, recording I'm with each other. You, dude. Sky, Skype hooked up to our headphones, bumping into people in the mall. I, you know, it's shifting subjects slightly, but, you know, every year I go to Dragon Con now, I, I am disappointed when I walk into, like, the exhibitors area and they're, like, showing off their wares because the number of fat bastards that I saw... <laughs> per capita and i and and i'm kind of chunky but there are people there that make me look you know svelte and i'm just like that just seems like a booming walking around you're tired your knees hurt because you're so overweight you got you know they're shot of around i mean dude seriously like a, a small scooter thing in the exhibitors area i'm on to something here i know i am <laughs> um there's a there's a guy in the in the town where i work and we're trying to figure out how he did it because he's got a Segway. And um, I, I, I know segways are not le- street legal, and but this guy's tooling around on it all the time. He's got two American like veterans flags on it, so I think he's like disabled, but he can't sit down. He's got to stand up, so he got a segway to tool around in. I want to figure out how to go in that direction. I would, I would love to have a segway that I was legally allowed to uh, <laughs> roll around in. I thought they, I thought that was a thing. I thought you could do that. You can't no, do that. No, you can have have them on private property. The only people that have them are cops and like security guards because the security guards will have them like say in a mall because they can get get around really fast with them and it's private property, so they're so they're right. allowed to have it. And the cops have special permission to use them. You know, at, at, probably in the same way that like cops can um, ride a horse down Main Street. You know. Right, um, probably with the same sort of thing, but I, I think that's it. Basically, with segways, they they made them for as something that everybody would want, but then the the towns and cities were not too uh, happy about having them roll around, which is probably a good idea, knowing the general American public's driving skills. Yeah, th- th- this <laughs> is why I think flying cars are a terrible idea. Unless there's some kind of like track that keeps everybody at a constant speed, some sort of Coruscant type, yeah, traffic <laughs> computer. But you're you're telling me, Chris, that if you got one of those, that you wouldn't immediately run out and trick it out to look like Captain Pike's chair. You're you're telling me you wouldn't do that. Oh, I would I would apply I would apply scar makeup to half of my face and <laughs> red light on the front. Are you kidding me. <laughs> I'd walk around with my mouth hanging open, just beeping no at people. <laughs> no, no, no. Just traveling through my life. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is it, is it, is it actually going to be me that tries to wrangle this thing in? Yeah, yes. you go first. You want me to go first? I, yeah, I want I, you to go first. Uh, for once... For once, goddammit, in Comics Monthly Monday, I have a stack of Rooney. A stack. I'm trying to think of which stack I got earliest. I'll start with the earliest stack, which goes back to uh, my friend Mike Cross and I went to see King Crimson in Albany. And Mike has kind of a lead foot. Kind of reminds me of, actually, your, your grandfather, Scott. So we were, we were going to oh, go meet God. up with some old friends who were going to go to the concert with us. But by the time we were getting just outside where they lived, we were about an hour ahead of time, so we had some time to waste. So we saw this antique shop that was it was looked like a huge barn, you know. So we were thinking maybe it was gonna be 
like a, a thrift shop or maybe um, one of those ones that are sectioned off into different people. But it was it turned out it was kind of a fancy antique shop. But we had an hour to kill and everything in it, you know, anything that I would even think of buying was 50 or 60 bucks. But wouldn't you know it, just on the way out, there's a box full of comics. And uh, in that box is just a whole stack full of Micronauts Ooh. for a buck a pop. So I got Micronauts 2, 3. I got two copies of Micronauts number 3, actually. Well, you know who you need to get in touch with? You need to get in touch with uh, Scott Rifen because he's been trying to build a, co- a collection oh, of Micronauts. okay. I got number 5, number 6, number 7 with Man-Thing with the wonderful Mike Golden cover of them fighting Man-Thing. Yes. That's, that's like one of my issue. favorite covers of all time with a snake sort of in the foreground, a giant Is it- snake. Isn't Biotron fighting him? Well, Biotron's like, he, like Man-Thing is like sort of coming up behind Biotron and he's clutching the woman in one hand and he's oh, I'm, maybe the time traveler. I don't know, the guy who's blue in the other hand. Oh, uh, and, um, Commander Ron? Arcturus Ron, is that his name? Yeah, I think so. And I haven't read these in years. And then the guy with the sword I, and uh, Bug and... A Croyer. A Croyer, Bug, and uh, Microtron are all sort of just like turned towards him and attacking him. And this snake's coming out of the water behind him. So it's sort of like, oh, they're fighting the man thing, but it's probably going to turn into everybody against the snake. I got number 13, number 36, and then King Size Annual number 2 with horrible, horrible, horrible Steve Ditko ardent. Steve Ditko, yeah. And uh, then I got a package in the mail. And this is a part two from our recording yesterday of um, that this is all going to be in, in screwy order. But actually, actually, it will work out monthly to monthly is a more Michael Sidurlo swag. Um, he sent me a bunch of comics and what a weird group of comics and a, and a great book on um, sleaze movies from Times Square written by a guy who was a projectionist in Times Square during the heyday of, you know, bad bad skin flicks and exploitation movies and that book is i'm looking forward to reading that one but then a just the weirdest group of comics um this um sort of trade size fancy nice nicely printed color the lost ones written by steve niles um and it's the art is by a whole bunch of different sort of alternative artists and i was flipping through it and i was like hmm it's straight it's like a superhero comic done by alternative artists and I was like oh there's a bookmark in it and I see that it's a certificate of authenticity so I flip to the front sure enough it's autographed all over the front by everybody who who did the art including a guy who actually personalized did a little dog by his doghouse that's saying hi Mike on it which is weird because my name's Chris so obviously it was meant for me <laughs> obviously this comic was meant to be in my hands <clears throat> but uh, then now these Scott, you'll be familiar with these comics because we used to we used to scarf up a bunch of these. Um, they aren't Christian Spire; they're new Barber Christian comics, but they're all by the guy Al Hartley who used to do Archie. Right. And uh, so they're a bunch of the the religious comics, and you know I love these things. I love these things. I got this like this one. One of them's kind of cartoony. I'm sure you'll remember some of these when I mention them. From because we used to get them at your church, mm-hmm. and uh, along with the Christian Spire ones, but uh, uh, Noah's Ark, which is kind of a cartoony 
portrayal of Noah's Ark happening like in modern times, which huh. is sort of like that. Oh, what was it? It was a sequel to that Jim Carrey movie. Uh, yeah. Or uh, and his God. I think that kind of ripped off this yeah, comic. Uh, what's his name from Steve Carell or whatever? Yeah, Steve Carell. Yeah. And uh, get smart. No, no, it was, but it was, it was a <laughs> no, sequel. I'm being facetious. What was that movie where Morgan Freeman was God? That was, uh... It was like the world according to... No. Uh, was according to God? Uh, no, that, that, that oh, would God, be awesome. I know what you mean, though. Yeah. Yeah, but this was a sequel to that, and it had Steve... Sequel to the one with Jim Carrey in it. Yeah, yeah and, and it had mean. Steve Carell, and, like, basically... Bruce God, Almighty? It, Bruce Almighty was the one with Jim Carrey. I right. Forget what and this was Evan Almighty. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That was that's it. right. That and was it. basically, yeah. it was Bruce Almighty, except there was a flood coming, so he had to build an ark and all that. And then one called The Prodigal Son, which is, you know, a story of someone who's rich and famous and and gets involved in drugs and sin. Uh, Adventures with the bro- Brothers, who are two guys who smash... Is that guy, they're swimming on the cover of it? They're in, like, diving... Like like diving trunks or something. In this one, they're jumping out of a plane, but it's probably something. It, it was there's probably other ones of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah they were kind of like the Christian Hardy Boys. Or yes, something. Yeah, yeah, except they're they're sort of like the Hardy Boys mixed with maybe Miami Vice or something because they're like drug <laughs> dealers in this one. They are. They're getting shot at and stuff. It's all you know. Parish. It's little James Bond going on. You know. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> one guy. It's funny. He it looks like they drew him in half the panels without his glasses on, and somebody had to go through and go, "Geez, you idiots! You forgot to put the glasses on," <laughs> and like scribbled glasses on it. Um, the classic, uh, the cross and the switchblade, David Wilkerson's <laughs> cross and the switchblade. I remember that? I could I kill you, preach. That one. Yes, you could, Nikki. You could cut me up in a thousand pieces, and every piece will say, "I love you." Aww. Eat all over the ground. Uh... But. Those one, these ones, they're they're fun story-wise, but I don't think Al Hartley was his heart was into the like more realistic themed ones. Right. There's a bunch of these ones called Barney Bear, and they're funny yeah. animal featuring funny animal Christian stories featuring a uh, bear family, and these are drawn gorgeously. He obviously like was way more like really into drawing these they're just they're beautiful all every page is just beautifully drawn beautifully inked the inking is really nice very detailed and fun so i'm really looking forward to reading the barney bears there's home plate barney bear in toyland and barney <laughs> bear lost and found and barney bear family tree so uh Good one from my see some of that shit would make great fodder for back to the bin so we need to get you over there sometime for, I know. for some of that stuff because we never have enough or at least it seems like we never have enough diverse books for the for the independent segment of that show some of that stuff would be a riot for the independent section of the show oh yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah 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 lots of fodder but wait i got more piles but wait, there's more. There is. There's another pile from uh, when I went to a, a garage sale in Pulteneyville, which sounds like <laughs> kind of hick town, but it was actually kind of like a richy rich town. But the first place we went, Scott McGregor and I just found this huge box of comics. And they were, I mean, they're kind of roached, you know, they're, they're, they're all there. Um, but the older they are, you know, some of them have like water damage to them. Some of the older ones 
but they're just really neat old comics. And the the old lady was just like, make a pile. And then she was like, I don't know, five, ten bucks or whatever. So it was, um, I got a Walt Disney Uncle Scrooge. Just a nice, nice. classic, probably 70s. Uh, it's not I, one where he goes to Disneyland, is it? No. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll keep my eye open for that, though. If, if, if I find <laughs> something like that, you know who I'll call. All right. Scott Riffin. And uh, <laughs> I got Mysteries of the Unexplored Worlds, which is, I guess, the, the, the I can't even tell what the company is. It's a 12 center, really bad art. Do, do, do. Yeah. Char- <laughs> it's a Charlton. <laughs> it's a Charlton. Um, a DC Richard Dragon Kung Fu Fighter, number 14. <laughs> <laughs> I just picked up one of those not long ago out of a 50 cent box. One of, I used to love these as a kid. Uh, super Goof. Oh, yeah. Where, where he'd eat his Super Goobers and he would become Super Goof in like sort of like weird pajamas. Uh, 101 right. Dalmatians comic. That My favorite of the whole lot. Um, Tomb of Dracula number 55. Ooh. Some nice uh, colon art. Gaze into the eyes of Dracula, human fool, and see your death. I think uh, I have that one. Uh, Walt Disney's comics and stories with Rip Van Goofy. <laughs> um, Pixie and Dixie with Mr. Jinx, a Dell, an old Dell kitty comic, really huh. nicely illustrated. And Walt Dis- another Dell, Walt Disney's Jungle Cat, which is Jungle not, Cat. it's, yeah, it's just a series of drawings and text. It's a straight up, it's the text when you read it, you can hear the Disney narration. They build whole cities underground. And every spot of newly turned earth means another family residence. And this little feller is blah blah blah. No, I am. I, I I don't agree with. Oh, he fell in the water. Uh, <laughs> um, and just for fun, the mighty Isis number four. Ooh. <laughs> She's battling a sea, an underwater sea creature. Who who Spot- does the art in that? Because there's an issue of that that I've been. I either just got it or I've been trying. I can't remember, but there's an issue with that. That uh, Mike Vosberg and Vince Coletta. There you go. There's an issue with that. I'm trying to remember who it is. I got all excited when I found out that there was an artist that did an issue of that. Now I'm trying to remember who it might have been. Mike Netzer, I think, when he when he went by Mike Nasser, because his stuff is awesome. He was a great artist. And he was one of those guys that made a little splash in comics back in the 70s, and then he just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. And then when he came back, he had changed his name, and his style just, it was different. It just wasn't quite like the old stuff. And But he did so few books that it would be really easy to collect them all, so I've been trying to work my way through that. I, I think that's the guy that uh, that I'm thinking of with that Shazam, or I mean uh, ISIS issue I'm looking for. I can't remember what issue it is, though. But Now we get to my final stack. The Grandmaster. Scott, you know about this stack. I, I've yes. already gloated about this on Facebook. Lucky, uh, lucky bastard. This was last week, Garage Shailing. We were at this one place. And I saw this stack of them. I started popping. Th- it's all Silver Age, DC mostly. And I was like, how much for the comic books? And they're like, oh, those are my dad's. He wants five bucks a piece for them. And, you know, once again, they're all in one piece. But they're, you know, they're kind of banged up. They're soft and, you know, well-read. But beautiful covers, and I said, and I'm like looking through them, and he, and I go, well, what would you take for the whole stack? And he's like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, well, they're kind of beat up. I don't know. I would feel comfortable paying more than like 20 bucks for them because I'm just going to read them and whatever. And I'm like, but I don't know. You know, there, uh, there's a stack of like 20 of them. So that's like $100 worth of comics that this guy was 
anticipating and I'm saying $20 and he's like, well, I'll call my dad and see what he says. He's, he's, he collected comics for years and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking no way is dad going to say yes. As a matter of fact, the guy's on the phone. I'm like, I'm sorry, you're bothering your dad, you know? And he gets off the phone. He goes, he says, okay. And I said, okay. So the whole stack for $20, we got action comic number 324, the black magic of Supergirl. It. Number 329, it's Killer Be Killed <laughs> when Superman faces the ultimate en- enemy and he's got like a sword and a shield. Come on and fight yeah. whoever you are. You robbed me of my superpowers, but I'm not afraid to die. I'll duel you to the death. Eat of it. the stack that you got, I think that's the only one that I had. Everything else in that stack, I was just like salivating. I'm like, oh, you bastard. Because you got some really good books. We got Adventure Comics number 309 with the fake Superboy from Krypton. Eat it. <laughs> Um, Adventure number 316, The Renegade Super Legionnaire. Number 320, The Revenge of the Knave from Krypton. Ooh, that's with, uh, oh, dude, what was that guy's, Mike, help me out, what was his name? Was it Dev M? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, I need that one. Uh, (laughs) number 325, Lex Luthor meets the superhero Legion. See that knave from Krypton, dude. He just wound up. He was in a story that uh, that Mike and I covered over on Tales because the the monitor was watching that character because he ends up going into the future for some reason. He just after that story, he like skips or after the original story with him, he skips into the future and started living in the future. So the monitor just prior to the crisis is is going through time and spying on different people. And he finds Dev M, who was another Kryptonian survivor living in the 30th century. And he's basically like, what the hell is this guy doing here? So was, that was kind of cool. <laughs> we got adventure. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> what? Adventure number 334, the unknown legionnaire. Number 349, the rogue legionnaire. Universo, <laughs> the unwanted as the rogue legionnaire. Um, 351, the forgotten legion. 355, The War of the Legions, with the superheroes versus supervillains. That's unpredictable for a comic. (laughs) Adventure Comics number 361, featuring the villains who never lose, the unkillables. (laughs) Um, Daredevil number 55, some more Gene Colan art. Nice. Beautiful one with Daredevil falling from a building with the words coward, coward, coward all around him. Uh, Detective Comics number 361. Why is Batman hot-footing away from Robin? The sizzling answer inside. (laughs) Uh, Flash number 171 with... I don't know if... uh, It doesn't look like that on the inside, but it's got a Carmine Infantino cover. Nice. Um, Justice League of America number 37. Um, And here's the one... Did you say 37? Yeah. Damn. In a row? (laughs) Number (laughs) Number 37... And somebody sta- put three two staples in it to keep it together. Oh, that's a loved comic. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, Superboy number one fifty eight. They're yes. alive. My real mother and father. Wait a second. Wait a second. Do I need that one? I'm trying what? to remember what the hell show it was that I finally got around. I finally. No, broke I need that one. That I got. Story. I got one fifty nine. The day it rained, Superboys. It's raining, Superboys. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. Now I become Bill Robinson on this show. So I, uh, how the hell did that happen? But that's the one that's the one you've been going on about about where he finds his mother and father, yep. but he can't do nothing about them because they're all kryptonited out. Yep. I love that story. Damn, I cannot remember what the hell 
it must have been a back to the bins or, or you've gone some... on about it on several different shows yeah but so. I, I i love that story the art's interesting because wallywood inked it so it's just got that hint of wallywood and yeah. and a lot of the the stuff <laughs> so it's wallywood and, and bob brown i think i'll tell you in a second i really like probably bob, bob brown did yep. a crap load of superboy stories from bob brown I think it was, uh, I'm trying to remember, was there another artist with the last name Brown or was there just Bob Brown? I'm trying to remember because there was a, back to the bins I was just listening to where, where Paul was saying something about an artist with the last name Brown. He was like, yeah, I never cared for his stuff. And I was like, aw, because if it's Bob Brown, I actually like Bob Brown's stuff. At least I like his Superboy. I don't know that I've ever seen anything else that he ever did, but I liked his Superboy stuff a lot. It's, I, 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 it's, it's, it was a very entertaining comic. I liked it because he drew Superboy very differently. He, you know, he wasn't just, you know, like skinny, scrawny Superman. He he looked, di- he looked very like, different. He His looked like a kid, yeah. Different. Yeah, I, I liked that. There was you a know, little he, Billy Batson going yeah. on there. But he, he distinguished him from Superman. So they really look like, you know, I was going to say two different people. They shouldn't look too dissimilar because, you know, it's a younger version. But he didn't just look like a small Superman. Right, and right. I like that. Um, I got Superman number two hundred. Yes. Super brother against yeah, Super Brother. That's yeah. the homoerotic cover. <laughs> yeah, I have that one too, come to think of it. Yeah, I like that issue. I got Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen number ninety nine and number one oh one, which is <laughs> has Jimmy Olsen with the little baby Superman. Daddy, this bad man scare me. Put my son down or crypto will bite you. Hello, <laughs> I'm Jimmy Olsen. I'll be your pal when you grow up to be Superman. I've come to the future to save your world. Um, Teen Titans number six, which um, Beast, it's got like a gorilla with a, well, he's, oh, it's Beast Boy. So he's a gorilla with a green head and a snake body. And very, <laughs> no text on the cover. It's just a nice little drawing. And World's Finest number 159. Featuring two fabulous villains in the cape and cowl crooks, the anti-Superman, mightier than the Man of Steel, and the anti-Batman, more than a match for the masked Manhunter. <laughs> and that's that's the stash I got from there. But not that's... imaginative to come up <laughs> enough to come up with their own names. <laughs> right. They just slap anti onto the beginning of it. But hey, I think that's my biggest stack almost ever on Comics Monthly Monday. I feel like one of you guys today. <laughs> I'm damn jealous, man. You got some really good books. Well, we'll talk. Twenty like, bucks. That was a steal. Was it? Uh, you know, yes. the condition that, that they're in, I, I can only still figure they're worth a few bucks a piece. You know. Yeah, but they. I mean, they as long as they got the covers on them and everything, that's still a steal. Man. Uh, well, that's the thing is the the covers on them are so beautiful and charming and mm-hmm. interesting, and even the stories in them are. I mean, I've read through that period a little bit before, but not. I've been sitting down with these, you know, and just like reading a couple of them and just the most whacked stories <laughs> ever. And then I was it was making me think to myself, you know, there's this whole tension of like, who do you write your comics for these days? And it seems like they're being written for the adults, but there's right. comics for kids, but they're not as just goofy as as these ones. <laughs> and I was thinking if you wrote them more just without even worrying about them making sense or anything in the sort of mad fever dream that these are written in, you know, of of lo- of just weird childlike logic and stuff. 
if that wouldn't be more appealing to little kids, if that wouldn't draw more kids into comics, and then when they get older, they can read more oh, sure. realistically yeah, yeah, they... based stories or something, go, yeah, oh, yeah, those goofy Supermans I used to read when I was a kid. But they're just pure imagination. They're pure just... They you know. had those. You know, the DC animated books were like that. And Marvel had an entire line of books that were continuity-free, uh, that were like Hulk and Spider-Man and stuff, and they just don't do well. Hmm. Whether it's the district, you know, you, it's like the three problems is price, distribution, yeah. and audience. You can solve two of those, you can solve all three. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly. Well, that was a sad note to... to... <laughs> uh, who's next mike Alrighty. uh i went to dragon con in oh man the end of august early september and son of a bitch if there weren't before i get into those i want to thank i want to send out a big thank you to mark comblock he sent me a uh four issues uh or five issues excuse me of superman's girlfriend lois lane all 80 page giants uh, in various stages of wear, but I don't really care because they're 80-page giants from the 60s and early 70s. I mean, how can you go wrong with All's Fair and Love and War in this all-star collection? You will see how a jealous Lois Lane fights for her greatest rivals for Superman. Lois Lane's duel with Lana Lang, Lori the Mermaid, Cleopatra, and, creepily enough, Supergirl. I'll let that one sink in for a minute. <laughs> no, what? they're, they're beautiful. Yeah, exactly. See, <laughs> I was confused as well, but that won't be the first time I, or that won't be the last time I'm confused when going through these comics. Now, I want to thank Mark for sending these to me. He also uh, sent me the true story of Smokey the Bear, uh, which was it was a thrilling read. I was really shocked to see that uh, Smokey's parents were killed by Joe Chill. <laughs> it was uh, I was I did not see that coming, but you know, bravo! And then Smokey saw a match fly into his uh, room one day, and it set it on fire. And that's when he decided he was going to fight against forest fires. So, oh, I mean uh, that didn't happen at all. But man, that would make a really badass. Kind of <laughs> but I wanted to thank Mark for that. I wanted to finally be you know part of the as we're just bragging incessantly about all the awesome stuff you got. Uh, so I wanted to be one of the cool kids too. But at Dragon Con. Uh, I was really shocked that there were there that were actually comics because comics have not been a big part of Dragon Con, especially in the dealers area, for a very long time. One place, which was basically mostly selling like non-sports cards, had like four dollar boxes that was full of 90s stuff. And it was actually kind of charming to see that because when you're surrounded by non-sports cards from the 90s and then there's a bunch of image books in front of you, I felt like I was 15 again. Uh, or 16, so that was that was actually kind of cool. But I found this one guy that was selling, basically he had one box that was 10 for 15, uh, and another box that was similar to that, but it was a little more expensive, but you still got a crap load of comics for cheap. And I out of that uh, five, uh, 10 for $15, I picked up a bunch of Carlton War comics. These things are really interesting. Uh, they're printed on crap paper, and it looks like their lettering department just used a typewriter. Hmm. And yet, I could not pass them up because they were so cheap and they're in really good condition. But you have Fighting Army, the Fighting Five, the Fighting Navy, the Fighting Marines, and uh, these were really Archie Adventure Series, uh, Blue Ribbon Comics. 
Uh, number six, which features The Fox by, you're going to love this uh, lineup of creators. Story by Rich Buckler with art Tony DiZaniga. Oh, wow. Is this and a Red Circle book? Uh, no. It's, it's, it would be in that line. This one's, uh, I don't even know what, ye- it's from 1984. Uh, who's the publisher again? Archie. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, I know what you're talking about then. Now, yeah, because I'm actually just started chasing those because uh, I don't know if you follow uh, Rich Buckler on Facebook, but uh, he's been posting a lot of his old art. And he posted something. It was a page out of out of a book, and I saw it, and I was just like, "That's gorgeous! I got to track that down." And it turned out that it was from Mighty Crusaders, which was an Archie series too. But I, I thought it had something to do with Red Circle, but maybe I'm getting confused. But yeah, he he did that, and I think he uh, collaborated with uh, with Dizaniga on some of that stuff, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah. I I, I, you know, as time goes by, I, I just grow more and more enamored of uh, of Buckler's stuff to a point where I, I want to try to collect it all if I can. So, yeah, that sounds like something I, I'm going to have to uh, hunt down. Uh, also from the Archie Adventure series, The Flyers, which is kind of interesting because it's from 1984. So, <laughs> Dick Harris really wasn't getting a whole lot of work around that time period. Right. So, But it's the superhero really caught my attention. I have... One of the greatest examples of super a jackass ever. This is Action Comics number 391. And you have this little kid in a Superman costume going, Dad, why have you locked me in this lead glass booth? And Superman's opening up a, a container that has gold kryptonite in it. And he says, I'm sorry, superpower. So I'm wiping them out forever with this gold kryptonite. Now, usually with these covers, that doesn't happen inside. That's exactly what happens inside. Superman's a complete jackass to his kid throughout this entire story. He's sitting there constantly comparing him to Batman's kid. (laughs) And be like, why can't you be more like him? And then at the end, when his son screws up, he's like, I'm sorry. I'm taking your powers away. And that's the end. What a dick. Uh, A beautiful copy of Superboy number 160 with a great Neil Adams cover. Uh, where Superboy's on the moon. It says, after what I did, no punish- punishment's bad enough. I've got to exile myself from my family, my friends, my Earth forever. Is that the one uh, with the Earth kind of kind of looming like a like an accusing eye over yes. top of him? Yes, I <laughs> love that one. Yeah. Uh, Neil filled, Adams. In a f- filled in a few holes in my Superboy starring the Legion of Superheroes collection. Uh, 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 <laughs> I now have every issue from 197 until... The new 52. Sweet. Uh, so wow. uh, a, a really great 80 page, uh, 100 page spectacular that has a Captain Triumph story in it. Hmm. And uh, eventually they would resurrect him not only in the Golden Age miniseries, but right around zero hour, he was brought into Justice League as a time lost hero, uh, which is actually kind of an interesting storyline. Got Did some genial. Found what? that 80s band? Yes, that's, that's exactly. Okay, that. I know that guy. Yeah, Triumph. He's he's really into like uh you know hair metal with no lyrics. It's great. Is that the guy from Conan O'Brien who insults everybody? <laughs> no, that's the ripoff of uh, Piss Pot the Rabbit. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> that's what we were getting to. Yeah. I finally have the G- Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen number one fifteen, where Superman has a pitcher of water and is lording it over Jimmy Olsen and Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> in the desert uh, 
I also have Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen number 132 where Jimmy Olsen has ratted out Clark's identity for money and he's counting it. What a pal. It's great. Uh, Detective Comics number 451, Beware the Night of the Batman, where Batman is looming over a a populace that is running from him in fear. Uh, I found it's called DC Special number 6. It's called The Daring and the Different, The Wild Frontier. And you have this cowboy who's in Confederate Army outfit almost. It looks like from the back Jonah Hex, but it's not. And there's Indians like to the right of it, and there's an, a spaceship landing in front of them. And it just looks so interesting, I could not pass it up, especially since it was so cheap. Uh, what else do I got here? Some really fun of House of Secrets. The Witching Hour, a couple issues of the new Blackhawks, a Jim Aparo Spectre story in Adventure Comics number 438, uh, which looks really, really awesome. And uh, an issue of Brave and the Bold with the Creeper. And another dealer. Now, there's usually a uh, place they change names every year, but they sell trades and pretty much nothing but trades. And usually it's half of whatever the cover price is. This year, they were selling everything five, four for $20. No matter how much Dear the trade God. was, four for $20. I didn't have a whole lot of money, but I did manage to pick up the volume 10 of the Superman Chronicles since I've been collecting that. Uh, Scott's about to get pissed at me. I got the Phantom Zone trade paperback, Ooh. The, the recent one with the miniseries and the DC Comics Presents issue. Uh, five a, bucks? Yeah, for five bucks. You bastard. I got the first volume of the Secret Society of Supervillains trade paperbacks for five. Two of the new softcover Marvel Masterwork, X-Men volumes one and two, uh, which starts the the all-new, all-different X-Men. And Tomb of Dracula Classics volume one, which has the first 12 issues wow. of that. Uh, I also picked up a uh, Prisoner trade paperback for Andy, uh, just because I... Is that Tomb of been... Dracula Color? Yes, it's in Beautiful. it's it's all in color. Wow! So, so I made out pretty good this year. I was really yeah. surprised um, that they had as much as they've had, uh, but I think I, I scored some serious deals, and I was really happy with it on that level. Got some great stuff, dude. Yeah, yeah. Getting the Secret Society of Supervillains, because from what I understand, that book is bat guano crazy. It's some fun stuff, though. I, I actually I, I get a big kick out of that one. I completed a collection of that one some years ago. And uh, while it is wacky and very inconsistent from time to time, it's still a lot of fun. And uh, that's where I kind of came to really like the character of, uh, of Captain Comet. Because it was essentially, it was all about the supervillains, but, you know, they have to have somebody to fight. So he became their foil. But it's, it's weird. I think they specifically chose him because he was kind of an unknown and they could do what they wanted with him. So having, you know, it be a book about the villains having to, you know, fight somebody, have to have a hero. They got somebody that, you know, that could be ineffectual, but it wouldn't really matter because you didn't know who he was. You weren't really invested in him in the beginning, you know, and from the get go anyway. So it wasn't like taking an established character like Batman or Green Lantern or Superman and then making them a buffoon because they, you know, issue after issue, they get foiled and they can't seem to, you know, <laughs> defeat their bad guys. So I always thought that was interesting, but I still Sounds like like he's almost the antagonist in the book and they're the protagonist. In a lot of ways, yeah. It, it kind of turned the whole, uh, 
you know, the whole idea on its head because, you know, normally, of course, it would be, you know, a bad guy defeating the, the villain every, or, you know, I mean, the hero defeating the villain every issue. And then in this one, it's the villains uh, managing to kind of stymie the hero every issue. So it was, it was different. It's fun, though. I think you'll like it. It's good stuff. I got. All right. Well, believe it or not, I really don't have any new comics to bring to this one. Um, I haven't do, uh, been doing much comics hunting lately, but I do have a couple awesome things I wanted to mention real quick. Now, before I mention these, I, I just want to preface what I'm going to say with with this thought. All right. I'm not trying to start any shit storms on Facebook. All right. So I'm just going to tell you where I got these things. And that that's all I'm talking about here, because the last time I mentioned this place, it, it was like this just war erupted on Facebook. I'm like, what? I didn't even know what was going on. So anyway, went to Hobby Lobby recently, right? Because oh. they, they've had these really what? awesome... Yeah. <laughs> they've had these awesome uh, comic book things there lately. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've really had some great comic book stuff with signs and, uh, you know, tin signs and different, you know, things for, uh, for like hanging in your comic room. And I went there specifically looking for more of the Star Wars ones. And when I got there, I was blown away by how much they've really expanded their selection and really got some awesome stuff. So I'm digging around in there and and found all this great stuff, but it was nothing that really jumped out at me at the time that said, like, buy me now. It was more like, all right, well, when I get some money, I'll come back. And I was just about to leave and something caught my eye that I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this thing actually exists. It's uh, I don't know the exact dimensions of it, but it's it's big. It's uh, about the size of like your old like Treasury Edition comics. And it's made of wood. So it's like a it's like a wooden I call it a wooden poster. I don't know what else you really call it, but it's a, a, plaque. a yeah, it's like a wooden plaque essentially, and it's the cover to the special edition of John Burns Man of Steel. It's number one, so it's the cover. You know, there were two covers for that. There was the one where it was Krypton was blowing up, and then like down in the bottom yep. right corner, you had Super er, Clark Kent ripping open his shirt. The special edition one was just a close-up of the shirt rip. So it's essentially just, you know, you're seeing Superman's hands as he's pulling his shirt open to reveal the S. And that's the and I saw that and I'm like, holy shit. So I, I had to have it. What was really cool is that they run constant sales in that place all the time. So, you know, if you download their app, their app has like a weekly coupon in there, and the coupon's usually pretty good. So the coupon was like 40%. So I was gonna use that turned out that they had the sale going that week that was actually better than the coupon. They had a 50% off sale going on. So I got the thing for less than 15 bucks. It's awesome. Hangs right next to my, uh, my John Byrne, uh, Superman promo poster now. So that really looks cool. So because I scored that, I went back uh, just a few days ago looking to see, you know, what else they might have. And again, kind of the same story. I'm wandering through, nothing's really grabbing my eye. And I was digging through another pile that they had of these, uh, you know, wooden plaque poster th- type of things. And what did I find? Something I've been looking for on a t-shirt for the longest time. I still haven't found the t-shirt, but this is just as awesome. Again, it's one of these wooden plaque poster things, comic book cover, and it's uh, the Invincible Iron Man, number 126. This is that classic Bob Layton cover where on the left-hand side, you've got Iron Man slipping on his gauntlet, and then sliding up his sleeve and then putting on his boot and sliding up the legging. And then the full splash essentially is Iron Man fighting ready with his fist all balled up. And it says, uh, 
It says, framed for murder, Iron Man fights back against the man called Hammer. If you know the cover I'm talking about, I mean, you know this is a classic Bob Layton cover. It's it's, they're, it's they're... the Iron Man image that you see everywhere, essentially, of the yeah. classic Iron Man by Layton. And uh, damn, does it look awesome, man. It is so nice. I never knew he fought MC Hammer. Uh... <laughs> it was so... it was. Her uh, crossover with the uh, Hammerman cartoon. <laughs> so that was my big score. I was really, really, really happy about that. I thought that was very cool because I'm always looking for for new pieces of art to uh, to beef up the Scott Cave, and those were some really, really nice scores. So well, I was happy telling, with that. You were putting up pictures. They had stuff. They had. I don't know if they were the wooden plaques or just sort of the metal ones, but they had the um, gold, gold key, key Star, Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. Those, those tin signs, just like the Star Wars ones that I got, the Marvel mm-hmm. Star Wars ones, I just spotted those um, the last time I was in there. They were on an end cap, and I, as soon as I saw them, I got all excited. My wife was like, oh, those are hideous. I'm like, no, 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 not for me. I said, Chris Honeywell, <laughs> he loves these comics. He'll think these are really cool, so that's that why I took pictures shit. of them. Yep. Now, I like the covers. I got to be honest. They're, they're kitschy bizarre. and, and they're retro kitschy. looking. Yeah, but I like the covers. It's just it's the interiors of those books that I never liked. But yeah, they are pretty cool looking, though. I thought they were neat. But I knew you would like that. And they're not that expensive. They're I think the regular price on them is like $17.99 or something like that. But like I say, they're constantly running right. sales in that place. And you know, you can download their app for free. And almost every time I've I've gotten one of their weekly coupons, it's almost always at least 40% off. So I mean you can get them fairly, you know, inexpensively. And they make really nice, you know, little uh, little posters for your, you know, for your comic room or whatever. So see we don't have Hobby Lobby up here, but I'll bet you like we have Michaels and I think there's yeah, another Michaels. there's another chain that's that's up here and and probably one of those have you know some of that stuff too so i'm good next time i'm around those i'm gonna do a little digging around i went to our local michaels and and they didn't have anything worth a shit in there but i know that uh that scott rifen had some really good scores in a michaels not long ago and he actually bought me yeah. a, a marvel star wars poster that he found in there yeah what was the you know, the local michaels like i said i didn't find anything in there but then up on their wall they have all these framed art pieces to kind of it's in their framing section, so it's to, to you know illustrate the fact that hey, we frame art. And up on the wall, they have that classic. I'm not sure what issue it is, but it's a classic issue of either Batman or Detective Comics. It's the one where Joker has Batman stuck on a card. It's that Neil Adams cover, and they had that up on the wall. It was a huge and beautiful piece of art. So I think it must have been a poster that they were selling at some time that they framed and put up on the wall, but they didn't they didn't have it. Because if they'd have had it as a poster, I'd have probably bought it, because that's a really cool image. I like that one. I think sometimes a certain percentage of people don't think they're going to fi- – they don't think of a craft store or like a fabric store like Joanne Fabrics right, or a place like that being their friend. But the thing is, when you go into those places now, they, they – like I was in Joanne Fabrics, and they had – you know, basically a whole section that was just like licensed fabric, all the licensed stuff. Right. And boom, well, Star Wars, Star Trek, superheroes, you know, Marvel yeah. and DC in their own little sections and very all these variations, a ton of stuff, you know. So well, what's funny is I can remember going into to stores like at, at malls and stuff. Right. Back, you know, this is almost 30 years ago, back at, at the height of 
you know, eighties comics when it was, you know, when, when like Miller and Byrne and Perez owned, you know, the stands. And I can remember going into some of these places that would sell posters and, and artwork and going, Hey, do you have anything by John Byrne? And they'd be like, who the hell's John Byrne? And so it's so weird to me that it's finally, I mean, it's taken forever, but it's finally come around to where you're seeing these things that when I was, you know, back in the eighties, man, I'd have killed for some right. of this shit, you know? So it's really cool that we're, it's finally here. And I don't know, you know, with, uh, you know, when the star Wars stuff started showing up, you know, the tin signs, I, I figured, okay, it's, it's the star Wars nostalgia wave. I'm not sure where the comic stuff is coming from, but man, I'm loving it. I mean, some really classic covers and they're, they're every time I go in there, there's more of them. Because, but they had uh, like Hulk 181 and well that means uh, I mean if there's new ones coming out all the time that means people are snatching them up so. yep, they're selling yeah yeah definitely. and I mean there, it means there's a lot of people like us that see stuff like that and go like ooh that's what I want to put on my wall yep. you know and I mean I remember in the 80s and stuff everybody had like pictures of Marilyn Monroe up on their wall and she'd mm-hmm. been dead for 20 years you know at, right. by that point and so it, it's 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 the nostalgia or plus, you know, the length of time in the culture and stuff. And, and now finally that that form of of visual entertainment or whatever is something people would like to see on the wall where. So I guess maybe when we were younger, they didn't care what we wanted to see on our wall. Now, when when we're adults and have we'll 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 drop 17 dollars for something nice, you know. To, to put on our wall now they're interested yep so i think that i think that's okay. a lot of it yeah that's okay as my old boss used to say <laughs> their money's green that's okay but boss well, they're neo-nazis <laughs> that's okay <laughs> she pretended actually it's so funny because she 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 was italian but she pretended to be jewish to get a big contract at one point and yeah <laughs> It, it, it's funny. She was just like, I just, I just told them I was, I was Jewish, so we would get this contract, and it was for a huge, and to avoid lie, I won't even say what it is. But uh, I'm, I looked at her and I go, you are Jewish, aren't you? And she goes, no, I'm Italian. I'm Minga all the way. And I said, okay. <laughs> Isn't that a Macaulay Culkin film from like the eighties? <laughs> I think it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. <laughs> but I think we are. Are ready for our next? Am I sounding like guilty enough <laughs> as I as I introduce the next section? Guilty, guilty, guilty. You and your ass. <laughs> Everybody I know thinks he was saying ass. Yep. I am not. I'm glad, I'm glad, it, to crack I'm glad it wasn't just me. <laughs> Yes, it's time for the top five. And this this month, our carefully selected topic. The Freaky Five. Yes, the Freaky Five. Oh my God, it's been so long, I'm getting the names of them. (laughs) Not even mixed up, they're just dropping from my brain. 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 Uh, This time our topic is our top five guilty comic book pleasures. Guilty. And just... Just to start out, do any of us here really have any sort of sense of guilt? I mean, I'm kind of shameless. It was it was kind of hard for me. I sort of had to <laughs> pretend that I had 
this well, feeling what, what that people call guilt. society would consider a guilty pleasure, not some you feel guilty about. Something that but, I could uh, potentially be shamed for. You know, and I know that's like three quarters of the things you have in your house. <laughs> right, still. and in my well, brain. See, here's the funny thing. I, you know what? I want to go first on this one. I, I, I went last on the on the first one, so I'll go first on this last one, or how, something like that. So I actually approached it that way because I like to think that I don't feel guilty about my kind of like if I am under see I'm, I'm a little fuzzy on the whole guilty pleasure thing because to me guilty pleasure insinuates like I know this is bad but I like it anyway I don't know maybe it's just very egotistical but I don't think I like bad comics at if all if you like so it I, how can it be bad exactly yeah so <laughs> yeah. I had, I struggled with this I really did so in, instead what I decided to do was kind of what uh, what Chris was hinting at I decided to go with ones that always I felt a little guilty about them for for whatever reason so most of these go back to you know to my childhood go back to you know comics i would kind of have to sneak or read but i felt kind of guilty about it because i knew damn well if my mother found them or something i'd I'd be humiliated and i'd feel really bad so that's kind of i'm going from guilty as far as i feel guilty for reading this you know what i mean for for sneaking it that's it that puts an interesting twist on it (laughs) i so i'm I'm kind hmm. of afraid that we're gonna go into some sort of two girls one cup <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> so, number five on the list is Saga of the Swamp Thing, because the first storyline in that, after the first couple issues, quickly devolves into a story about the beast, you know, the biblical beast, the 666 and all that. And I was reading this at a time when my mother kind of found religion and she she switched us from being you know very catholic you know upbringing and everything and we started going to a pentecostal church and she really got into all this and so she would drag me kicking and screaming every sunday to the pentecostal church and so i knew this was something she definitely would not approve of right, me reading. right and I, as a matter of fact the entire reason that i missed the first, I don't know, probably year or two of Alan Moore on Swamp Thing is that they there was an issue, I can't remember what issue number it was, like 12 or 13 or something like that, but there was an issue where on the cover, Swamp Thing was facing off against the beast rising from the pit. And it was very obvious on the cover that this was supposed to be, you know, the, the biblical 666 beast and everything. And that was the last issue I bought for a long time because I was just, I, I lived in terror of my mother finding out that I was reading this and then, you know, reading me the riot act. So I just stopped reading the book at that point. Plus it kind of sucked to be honest with you. At that <laughs> and point, so yeah. I missed a lot of it and I didn't pick it up until, Alan you know, Moore, the, the, the more stuff was well underway. So I missed, a, I missed like anatomy lesson and a whole bunch of great stories. And I've always felt really bad about that because I'm still to this day struggling to fill in holes in that collection. So that that was uh, the first one that immediately came to mind when I had to kind of switch gears and go with, you know, the whole guilt thing. Um, number four, this one is uh, definitely it was a guilty pleasure because I was reading this well under age. And that was Bizarre Sex, <laughs> which was a comic. And uh, yeah. had stories like the what was it the penis that attacked New York or the something giant, like I mean all it's just yeah there was there there was one with a giant vagina coming out of the sky too at one point <laughs> I don't remember that one but that's I think I number have, one 
Yeah, I had scattered issues, but yeah, I you know it was back just, in the old days with full pubic hair too. Yep, there you go. And of course, because of uh, discovering bizarre sex, that quickly led to Omaha the Cat Dancer at number three. Because yeah, I, I loved that book, but man, if my mother had ever found that laying around, oh my that god, been the end of that. Um, another classic, Tits and Clits, <laughs> which these wow. all sound like. These all sound like like horrible girly mags, but no, these were comics. Tits and um, clitzes, tits and clitzes, the comics about sex, all by women artists. I've got a few. Is that right? Here. Yeah, they're all they're all women artists and writers in that. Yep. I did not realize. Hence that. the name. Hmm. I had no idea. Yep. And number one, because it was pretty much the hustler of comic books, Cherry, Cherry Pop Tart. <laughs> yeah. Any one of these would have, uh, man, that would have been just World War friggin' three if my mother had found any of these laying around in my comic boxes. So oh, yeah. that's why they were well hidden. <laughs> Not <laughs> to mention, like, Black eyes. Kiss. I thought about putting that one on the list, but I didn't only because I ever read it once, and when it gets to that um, that ending, what, was that? what the hell was that movie where the woman turns out to be a dude? The, oh, the, the crying game? game? Crying game, yeah. When it gets to that crying game about ending, that ending, I was like, man, I'm never, I don't even, I'm surprised I even still have those issues because that was so horrifying to me as a kid reading that that I'm like, I'm, I'm never even open in this book again. That was just awful. That. Yeah, because it all, at the end of that story, it all turns out to be trannies and shit. And I'm like, ugh. Ugh. vampires. Yeah. Oh, come it was on. Nasty. Open your mind. No. Mind. No. <laughs> Oh. It's tattooed right on my skull, closed until further notice. What was that other? What was that other one that was like just horribly Faust? Faust. Yes. Faust. No, I have Faust like the first five issues of that. Holy crap! Well, no, yeah. I liked Faust too, but I'm saying that's not one. That 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 one would have like traumatized your mom to run into Faust. That, that was <laughs> some hardcore. True. I evil. was I was out and living on my own by that. Yeah, point. that's true. But yeah, you're right though. That could horrify your roommate to, if they stumble across <laughs> the you know the right person stumble across a copy of Faust. That stuff was that that was brutal. It was good shit though. I like yeah, it was that. great. The art but was, it was really good. It was brutal. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the cover of? I think it was number two. The girl licking the scythe. Yes. Somewhere I have the poster to that. Oh wow! Um, I've always wondered if that might be worth some money because it probably is. But yeah, somewhere I do have the the poster of that. It's good shit. I like that book. Puts you in a happy mood. <laughs> Who wants to go next? I, I like reading that and then funny animal comics. <laughs> <laughs> You're a freak. <laughs> um, I'll go next. I'll pretend I had some... I, I feel bad about reading some of these. <laughs> You'll pretend? Number five, Chick Comics. You know those tracts that, that you, you find at bus stops? Yeah, Chick Tracks. Yeah, I, I know love those. Love them, love them, love them. I, I used to write Jack T. Chick back in college, and he would just send manila envelopes stuffed full of those comics and, and other books on how to distribute them and stuff like that. Um, you got me on that one. I don't know what that is. Jack T. Jack T. They're, they're, they're the little, they're rectangular, they're little tiny flyers. Right. And they're usually like red and black. And uh, 
Oh, is that like... He, like, he drew a lot of the stuff in like the Christian Spire uh, comics. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, okay. This must be something different. He really hates the Catholics. There's a lot of them about the Catholic Church where all the the Catholic priests are like, have devil horns and stuff and are plotting with <laughs> Satan and stuff. When, when I was in the... When I was in the fifth grade, uh, some kid came in with a bunch of those, and it was the first time I'd ever seen the word chlamydia in print. (laughs) And I didn't quite know what it was, but it was basically this chick track about a guy that's abusing his daughter, and he gave her a sexually transmitted disease. (laughs) Mom, what's this word mean? Like, his first tract was like, one of those little, like, cutesy little kids with the big eyes, but she's, like, abused by her father and beaten up and put out on the street and lives in a cardboard box and it rains on her and, you know, <laughs> drug dealers knife her in the end and finally Jesus comes and, you know, then she's happy at the end. And it was, it's just the most horribly dark, dark, dark stuff. And he has this very, like, super detailed ultra realistic but his own style art that's really intriguing but i, I just love I, I i love his stuff love his work i wanted him to do a run on the x-men at some point i figured that would have been the most badass awesome. run of that title yeah um number four is uh well just for an example i put in uh, kool-aid man versus the thirsties <laughs> basically yeah. any kind of cheesy giveaway that that you would see like Radio Shack with Super Super Bo- Superman and Supergirl and stuff like that. Anything that those underage kids. Any any of those things I loved, which sort of goes into another one, which is in our um, educational comics like uh, Superheroes of Macroeconomics, which Scott and I lifted <laughs> so many copies of that from. Uh, from one classroom. I don't even think we were taking that class. I think we were in a study hall in there and there was just a box full of superheroes of macro. All I knew is it was comics, comics and they it wasn't lo- a locked cabinet. <laughs> we just stocked one of them. Yep. 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 Number two is like kitty comics, especially like Harvey comics. Because those were the first comics I ever, ever read, like as a little, little kid. My first memories of comics were sitting on a stack of Harvey comics. So whenever I see them, I almost like get a rummage sale and stuff. If they're cheap, I cannot cannot resist them. And number one, we've already discussed this, Gold Key Star Trek. <laughs> one that Scott would actually like me to feel guilty about, but yep. just Because well, you know they suck. You they must do. know I just, that they I, suck. I just got the third treasury, you know, Enterprise <laughs> logs. And to tell you the truth, they started getting stuff right, like the Enterprise doesn't land on planets and stuff. The art <laughs> starts improving, and I'm like, all right, man. I'm looking, I'm flipping through it, and I'm like, all right, they're starting to, like, you know, work, understand Star Trek in this. And then I read the stories, and I'm like, oh, no, never mind. Like, the first story is, like, somebody's trying to frame Kirk, or the first story I saw was somebody's trying to frame Kirk and he's got to disguise himself. So basically what they do is they're like, we're, we're going to, it was like Logan's run. We're going to put you under the space knife to a plastic <laughs> surgery. But what they basically do is just give him a big old space Afro. And uh, so he's investigating, you know, the people who are setting him up as, as somebody else. That's not that's basically Kirk with an Afro. There should have been an I Am Curious Black episode of Star Trek with Kirk. That would have been pretty cool, there's, actually. There's a Mummy episode, too, where it's basically I Am the Curious Green. <laughs> <laughs> but those are my oh, top man. five guilty, not not guilty. I'm Did you so see the sorry, pictures? I, huh? 
Did you see the pictures that I posted of those tin signs, yes. the Star Trek tin signs? Yes, one of them was sort of a composite of of one of the Enterprise log covers, yeah. one of one of the actual comics. Yeah, yeah they, and, they're, and they're like, that, yeah. two of them were like, I love the way the comics would use photos from the show. Mm-hmm. On it. But I love the painted art, too, that they had for the covers was, was beautiful and retro, awesome. Just has a, that awesome sort of pulp novel look to them. Or, or um, puzzles in those days. Like when you would get a puzzle of something licensed, it would have a painting like that on it. But, uh, yeah, I'm so sorry I... I like these comics. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> Alrighty, mine. I kind of came at this from basically these are the books that I like that people have tried to make me feel guilty about liking. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, like like you like that. It's basically if I've ever gotten that reaction, it went on this list. Uh, number you five. Should've, you should have shared that because that I I I'm okay, sorry. I would have been on board with that. No, I, I'm not. A, I'm not. I'm just saying that 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 would have been an interesting list for me as well. So I'm very curious now what you've got because that's a good idea. See, I just I misinterpreted yellow? you. I misinterpreted you as okay. These are the comics that that I feel guilty about reading, and I I don't ever feel guilty about reading something. So no. yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, you know, the my my, my line in the sand was. You know, has anyone ever looked at me and said, why do you read that? And that's why this first choice is going to probably seem like, why is that on your list? But I'll explain. Uh, Superman comics from the late 80s. Mm -hmm. And that's because when I started meeting other people that liked comics when I was a teenager, until the death of Superman, I was just like, you read Superman? Why do you read Superman? So... It's a, it's like the shortest entry, but it's a good example of, of where I came from with my list. Right. Uh, number four, Impact Comics, which was when DC licensed the Archie superheroes. And you had The Fly, uh, Comet, Jaguar, The Web, and they were really neat comics geared for a younger audience that a lot of people seem to hate, but... Some of them aren't that good, but man, and The Fly are awesome. The Fly is written by Lynn Struzewski, and and the comet was written by Mark Wade with art by Tom Lyle. I mean, it, it, it was an interesting line. It, it, I really wish it had gone further, but it just didn't have the support, and eventually the original editor stepped down as well. Kind of killed it, and they tried to bring it back in a darker uh, edge, and that didn't quite work out, but uh, I... I I love it. Um, they all seem to be the same thing, but they're not. Uh, number three, the first six issues of the Heroes Reborn Captain America. Uh, I am told by the man that I'm not supposed to like this because Rob Logfeld's art. Uh, however, and, and they're right, uh, in some cases the, the art is terrible. However, I really, until a certain point, liked the story. Instead of having Captain America found in a block of ice... He's a sleeper agent, basically. That at some point, the U.S. government kind of hypnotized him and put him under and sent him out to live in the real world, and he's activated again. And I thought that was an interesting way to, to do the character. Uh, un- until you got to the point where he fed his blood to Sam Wilson and gave the Falcon superpowers, I was really on board with this book. Uh, and they had Masterman and some of the, in- uh, the Invaders villains and the Red Skull. So... I like it. Everyone else seems to hate it. 
Um, going with the Rob Liefeld theme, number two is X-Force. The original X-Force. Um, I, I, I can't help it. I like it. <laughs> I well, really see, do. Oh, my. There was a time. I, I'm trying to remember what show it was, Mike. I remember that you, you had us read... Uh, I think it was issue one of that kind. No, I, I, I had, did that for I Back read to that the as Bins. a goddamn superhero comic. Is yes. that what it was? Yes. Was it? Yeah. So. Yeah, I didn't think that was bad. Um, some of it. I mean, it's not the strongest stuff, but I was 15, going into high school, really get you know, really coming into my own as a comics fan. And that was that was my era of X Men. That's when I got into the X Men. Right. So there's this, you know, so when I picked up the Omnibus recently for like 30 bucks, because, God, it was so cheap. Things thing's $100. I got it for like 35 for shipping. Um, and that included shipping, I meant. Uh, I, I just couldn't pass it up because, yes, some of the art is wonky and the dialogue is tough guy 90s dialogue. But, man, it makes me feel like a kid again. Maybe it's because I'm going to my high school reunion in two weeks and I'm all nostalgic at the moment. Right. So, uh, but number one... Basically, anything Rob Liefeld did at Image. Uh, some of this stuff is terrible. I mean, almost utterly unreadable. Brigade, that first Brigade miniseries, looks... You guys grew up in the 80s. You remember seeing crappy independent books with, like, shitty <laughs> art, right? Oh, yes. Okay, this was worse than any of that. Like, there were no <laughs> backgrounds. The figure work was near incomprehensible. There was no story. But as... There's some Rob Liefelds when he had the Extreme Studio, then he had Maximum Press, and then he had Awesome Comics. That it's almost like, God love him for trying, you know? Like, he did not go quietly into that good night. You know, he, he kept failing, but he would always come back. And some of the stuff that he produced, or that was produced under his uh, publishing houses, was actually kind of good. I mean... I think it's pretentious, but the Alan Moore run of Supreme is still good comics. And did you guys ever read any of the fighting American stuff that he did that Jeff Loeb no. wrote with Ed McGinnis artwork? I've got a fair number of those issues. I don't know that I've ever read any of them, though. I never. They're actually kind of good. They're a little goofy, especially the Ed McGinnis issues. When Stephen Platt was drawing the character, it was more balls to the wall action. But Ed McGinnis seemed to understand that after like the first issue of fighting American Simon and Kirby were doing satire and they brought back all of those bizarre characters. I mean, I have a lot of this stuff and I've read a lot of this stuff and it just astounds me that he was able to produce all of this. And yet it's all in 50 cent boxes and quarter boxes and, you know, probably lining the bird cages, you know, around the world and the birds aren't even crapping on it because they think it's that bad. But there's or just they're keeling over in their cages. But there's something about, and, and this is the thing, is that there, there's like this hive mind with comics a lot of the time, where everyone gets together and decides that something sucks. And I, I, you know, sometimes I follow along with that crowd, but most of the time I'm really like, well, why does it suck? Did you ever actually sit down and read it? And that's why I can say with certain things with what Rob Liefeld produced, yeah, it's terrible. But, you know, I ponied up the quarter and and, and, and took the plunge. And, you know, it's almost like I want to do a whole podcast if I read this so you don't have to. You know? Right. Which, But there is something about Youngblood, especially. That's a... They're government agent superheroes that are also celebrities. 
that was really ahead of its time in 1992. You know, nowadays you do that and it seems like you're trying to trade on the reality TV, you know, kind of, you know, bandwagon. Right. But the the idea that this was a group that had marketing people and all of their costumes and everything, groups, that's an interesting concept. The fact that the person producing the stories did not have have the creative oomph to live up to that is kind of a tragedy because I be an awesome, awesome idea for a television series. I on that, but I just and that's why you know it's it's kind of a guilty pleasure because I read it, I don't like all of it, but I like the ideas around it, if that makes any sense. Right. And that's my number one. It doesn't sound cool. like you're convincing Scott. But just to just to clarify uh, a moment ago, because I think there might have been some confusion there. I was agreeing with you about the sort of agreeing about the Captain America book, not the the X Men that you mentioned, because or, or X Force rather, because I, I don't think I've ever actually read any of that except the one that Chris brought to uh, get Chris to Comics Monthly, yeah, to get Chris one time. Um, but I remember that that Captain America issue that you covered. I think that was on Back to the Bins and. You know, while I, I I can't say I loved it at the same rate, I, I mean, I didn't think it was the abomination everybody makes it out to be. The, the art, yes, was very inconsistent and, and often very wonky. But at the same rate, if I remember the episode properly, I, I think ultimately we agreed that, you know, there, there was something to it. You could see, yeah. you know, where, where the guy had, you know, potential for greatness if he could just, ref, you know, refine his, his craft a little bit. Um, I'm not sure, you know, if that ever really happened or not. But I, I, you know, I myself have long since tired of of the whole thing against Liefeld, mostly because I never really understood it. I, I managed to miss that whole thing in the '90s. But why people continue to treat him like the whipping boy of comics even today is it, it, it confuses me, and it, and it often makes me a little bit angry. Not, you know, like I say, I'm not defending the guy. It's just like get over it. <laughs> yeah, you know, lay off, you know? I mean, all these years later, you, you still want to treat this guy like shit? I mean, there was a reason he was a superstar, because people bought the stuff, you know? Exactly. And you know so what? It, he, he hasn't given up. Right. You know, he's right. out there trying to this day. Well, you know, it's like, I get it. it, it it's like, and and I, I gotta say, I'm not a fan of it from what my exposure of it. I'm not a fan of his art at all. I didn't think it was that good or whatever. But whatever you know it's not like he's actively trying to like go out and hurt people or something like that he's just right. trying to make he likes to make comics so whatever comics that you don't have to buy they're so expensive anyway so problem solved <laughs> all right it's all you sir ready for everybody's favorite get chris to read a goddamn superhero comic comic well this time and get Chris to read a goddamn superhero comic. I will be covering Black Lightning number five. <laughs> it starts out with Superman getting ready to be on Black Lightning for knocking out Solus Ginger Jimmy Olsen, who is Superman's best friend. Only it is all a big threes company misunderstanding and Superman is basically Mr. Furley. So he and Black Lightning fight until the Cyclotronic Man, who is the real redhead beater, shows up and tries to polish off Superman while Superman is tired. The Cyclotronic Man is mad because he has the world's most boring costume. He tries to disintegrate the building 
they are fighting on, but Superman just flies out with Jimmy and the Black Lightning, who delivers a boot to the head to the psychedelic man. Then the psychotronic man flies off and Superman tells Black Lightning that he has to take him in because of murder. Black Lightning says that it is a bum rap and Superman checks the evidence out with his Google vision and snopes the it and sees that Black Lightning is right. Black Lightning gives a cleaning up the street speech to Superman who then proceeds to whip him literally across town at the psychotropic man just to shut him up. Meanwhile, the encyclopedia man is meeting with ski mask pipe dude who is setting up Black Lightning in an old warehouse. Black Lightning busts in and is distracted by mysterious pipe guy, but then takes out the hydroponic man by dumping him in water. Superman stops by to give the thumbs up. Then there is an epilogue, and we find out that Mystery Dude is a police inspector who hides his ski mask, pipe, and Jimmy Olsen mask in an unlocked drawer. The end. Well done, sir. Well Thank done. You. What did you Absolutely. think of this one? I'd never heard of Black Lightning before. I got this at the same place. <laughs> what? Yeah. How what? Did you, not, you never heard of Black Lightning? Sorry. Sorry. I got this. You don't the... remember Batman and the Outsiders? I never read ba- Batman and the Outsiders or, or saw the cartoon. None of that. I this I, I I got this at the same place that I got those Micronauts comics, and I saw the cover of it, and I was just like, "Ooh, it's it's uh, the Cyclotronic Man gripping Superman with sort of a reverse Vulcan death grip to the heart, and it has Jimmy Olsen saying, "You're a superhero. Stop the Cyclotronic Man from killing Superman." And Black Lightning is saying, "Why should I? If he lives, he'll throw me in jail." <laughs> What an asshole. It's Superman. Save him already. Exactly. You don't think Superman might not be a little thankful for saving his life that he might not throw you in jail or. <laughs> no, 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 not that Superman. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's going to be not Thank Superman so much, on the Black covers Lightning. anyway. I feel really badly about this, but I still have to take you to jail. So, yeah, I, oh, he, he, has a, <laughs> he has a point, actually, but still, um, it, it was a very enjoyable comic. It's definitely of its of its time. I love the guy with the ski mask and the pipe, though. He's just so cheesy. Like even his pipe has a little like symbol on it. He actually looks like the subgenius Bob Dobbs with with the pipe. <laughs> the, the art is acceptable. It is. I yeah. It's it's not horrible, really. It's not. It's there's nothing exciting I... about it. I would like a uh, 600-word essay on your definition of the word acceptable on my desk by 8 a.m. I've please. seen <laughs> I've seen worse. I love this. I love the picture of Superman holding Jimmy's face tenderly in his hands. Right before they make sweet, sweet Kryptonian love. <laughs> Ew! It's like it doesn't really t- go well for Jimmy. Let me tell you. Well, it kind of it kind of looks like he's either holding his friend tenderly or trying to wipe the freckles off his face. I can't tell which one it is. With his heat vision, that'd be awesome. And then it's got the classic Superman where, you know, he, he can't haul off and punch a human, so he just gives him the the finger finger thwack <laughs> to to knock him down. But uh eh, you know, it's a good comic for get Chris to read. <laughs> Goddamn yes, superhero. Yes, it is. It my, is. You know what my favorite thing about it was? The ads. It's the cl- yes. it's classic time period for ads and then my, the thing that just blew my mind of all is in the center there's a double spread of the cbs saturday 
mm-hmm. which is the only comics I could watch on Saturday mornings, which I guess last Saturday was the last official last Saturday of official Saturday morning cartoon. I heard that. That yeah. sucks, that man. There is, well, but you know, because it's 24-hour cartoons wherever yeah. you're on them, so Saturday yeah, morning they, cartoons means... All the cartoons going. that kids watch these days are shit, and I know that sounds like an old man well, get-off-my-lawn <laughs> thing, but they are, <laughs> goddammit. The cartoons that kids mind, watch... They, aren't they, though? Come on. Back me up here. Aren't okay. Generally speaking, the Some cartoons of them, that kids are watching these days are pretty much shit. Yes, but, uh, but now looking at this, it's bananas CBS Saturday makes me remember how much of the ones a lot of the ones we watched were shit and they just disappeared They're... like the three robotic stooges do you remember that? I was that? just gonna say the robot stooges come on but it was terrible it was cheap and, cheap. <laughs> and we used to watch them and be like oh this is cheesy and then there would be something good in her spur- you know there was always something good in there but it was surrounded by a lot of crap and that's sort of what the kids got today but there was a th- there was sort of it was sort of nice. But I mean, it's like in the old days when the movies in the old days of the movies when you went in and there was a newsreel and a few right. short subjects and stuff like that. It was a nice little you know thing, and that's what Saturday morning used to be. And that's just gone the way of you know yeah. people being able to just sort of program your own. I think you know what I think. Someday you'll see TV stations. I'm sure they've done it before. That'll just play a Saturday morning from the 70s or 80s or something like that, you know? Right. Uh, the the to lineup. Be fair, to hmm? be fair, this has been coming a really long time, too. I mean, they, they started killing Saturday morning television back in the 90s when they started showing live action shows like Saved by the Bell. Right. Which, right. Was, a, which was a Saturday morning show. You know, when I, you know, I will never fail to feel nostalgic about waking up on saturday morning especially in the fall when the new shows were coming on and you were really excited because you you were hoping for a superhero show but you'd kind of take just about anything and then chris is right a lot of it was just like why do i give a crap about kid video you know the batman tarzan adventure hour was terrible so to mourn for that you know it's just one of those things that when you have 24-hour television instead of five channels you know it, it's a little different it's not as special to have cartoons on right. in the morning when you can go to boomerang or and yeah a lot of the stuff is crap some of this stuff is really well written and like well done i'm 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 surprised like you know of all things my little pony is actually a very well written cartoon which is why you have bronies are you a brony? Um, no. Oh. I, I, My Little Pony is one of those shows. <laughs> He's a closet that brony. Uh, <laughs> no. Hey, when it's have okay, I ever dude. I have nothing to, against no, bronies. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> when, it's okay, when, Mike. We understand. When have I ever had dignity and self-respect? I mean, let, let, let's uh, <laughs> let, let's go there and, and, and we'll jump off in. Why would I give a shit if people? If oh no, if you were a brony, you'd already have your brony podcast going. Yeah. Mike's Brony Podcast, coming soon to True Freaks.
but my, my wife likes to watch it. So I would sit and watch it with her. Yeah, that's where that's how it starts, man. How about this? The Bronx. Why are you making this out like I'm either going to get into drugs or communism? <laughs> or, or, or you're well, you know, I would watch, step. I would watch my pinko pony. I would watch that. My <laughs> pinko pony. But you know, some of the um some of the car- the superhero cartoons, like it's not really for me, but that Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon's a lot of fun. Like I could see why kids would be into and there was an Avengers cartoon, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, that was for a couple seasons. That was really freaking good. <laughs> drugs to, I guess, become a brony. <laughs> Is that how we're going to end this episode? Mike's a f***ing brony, really? <laughs> Mike's a little brony. Da, 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 da. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll hire Bill Robinson to sing along with a karaoke version of the My Little Pony theme and do it all Michael's up. a brony, a dirty, dirty brony. It'll become a whole thing. Come and away from the kids at school. You'll be, you'll be at cons and people will be coming up to show you their My Little Pony collections and stuff. There were, there Actually, were several things in this book I was going to point out, and I'm willing to forego them all to go out on Mike's a brony. I think that... <laughs> Actually, to, to be fair, we, we, watched a, we watched a documentary on bronies once, and apparently there are military bronies. Yeah. Do you really want to be on the wrong end of the marine brony? When you're making fun of them, <laughs> they, they, they have like a pile of bodies and my little pony with like <laughs> teeth on it. I'll have to dig out a picture of me from Dragon Con where I've got this big like goofy smile on my face, so you can put that like in a in a My Little Pony montage. I, I actually like need to get into it. Chris needs to Photoshop you on a My Little Pony versus the Hitler that's riding the unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> that would be friggin' awesome. The battle of the ages. The battle of the ages. Space trees in there too. Mother Teresa and Muhammad Ali, and, and it's a it's a wrap. <laughs> you can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. Mike is a brony, Chris is a phony, Scott (laughs) likes to read porn comics. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E. F-R-E-A-K-S You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com 
Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Our friendship's magic, and it's growing all the time. A new adventure waits for us each day. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.